Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Generation Gap Show um, podcast, which is a lockdown special, because they all are at the moment. Um, this is a programme where me, Clive Glover, speak about my generation to people from a different generation. Now, I'm a baby boomer, so I was a teenager in the late 60s and early 70s. And um, I generally speak to millennials because they're the people who are taking over the world now. And so they know everything. So I welcome this week, uh, as on several occasions previously now, um, Chloe, who is a millennial. Hello. Hello. Hiya. Now this week, you have suggested the subject to talk about. So I'm going to let you introduce it and explain what you want to talk about. Okay, so um, this week's discussion is the arts. So obviously, as you know, and anyone who's listened to the podcast in the past with me here, I am very into my theatre and into my acting in the drama world. But of course, there are other areas in the arts like um, painting and sculpture work and uh, filmmaking and photography and literature and, and drama and architecture and opera. And so today we're going to be discussing that and also the importance and do people believe that like some are more important than the others and like and how that comes across in society right now obviously some people are um sort of i was going to say philistines that's a bit rude but a lot of people aren't really interested in arts at all mm -hmm. and other people are fascinated and live their whole life um involved in some arts or others but there's very few people probably go across the board with this i mean if you're interested in painting it doesn't mean you'll be interested in music or, or no. something else um so i mean that's quite important and it's it's people specializing in, in one or two of those things who are the people who produce amazing work i think is the answer from my oh. perspective Oh, yeah, because like the, I mean, people can be like labeled sometimes go, oh, you're an arty person. It's like, yeah, but there's so much in under the umbrella of the arts. Like it's not just painting. Like some people uh, will have an opinion of what the arts is. So they'll think some people will think, oh, it's uh, going to the Tate Modern and, and seeing paintings on the wall. Or some people will think, oh, no, it's going to the theatre. Some people will think, oh, no, it's it's uh, uh, architecture or um, or it's or in fact video games, because that is technically underneath the arts as well, because that is creating something. And I don't think people realize how the how much the arts influences their day-to-day -day life because just because they may not enjoy paintings or um or I know going to pottery classes doesn't mean that you know they don't they aren't involved in the arts they can be watching tv and that is part of the arts you know watching actors on on the screen yeah absolutely and I think um it's interesting you mentioned architecture. That's one which doesn't immediately come to mind to me. But of course, it is absolutely correct that, you know, a building which is just you did with the ruler and sort of square building with square windows in it is pretty boring. And <clears throat> like many office blocks, but where, of course, you can see even things like office blocks, which actually look fantastic because it's had a real architect design them and put in sort of curved bits here and there and different colours and all the rest of it. And you can see that some real thought and um skill has gone into designing it well yeah exactly uh, it's, it's, it's the it's the imagination of thinking right this is what i want it to look like and then actually creating it for other people to appreciate and use and and see in day-to-day -day life and something like a building of course as you say it's not just about what it looks like it's got to be a, a functional building as well yeah so it's no, it's no good if they only put one door in it and everyone has to go in and out of one little door they've got to think about how many people move around inside the building that kind of stuff yeah exactly okay. it's got to serve a purpose i get all that now in fact of course one of the things about arts or science is really i think we've all been sort of um We've all been sort of taught about that from school. You know, when you get up to your A-levels, you've got to choose. And it was always really a choice between these arty subjects over there or these mm -hmm. science subjects over here. Yeah. And you had to sort of 
decide that you are therefore one or the other. And I was basically doing science, by the way, so I'm on the other side. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, for example, I've got in front of me um, a phone, a mobile phone. Now, obviously, that's a a scientific and technological miracle. Mm -hmm. But equally, the way you actually use it is itself a fantastic design thing. And um, Steve Jobs, because mine's an iPhone, um, of course, who designed these things, was very much into sort of artistic design and how it feels literally in your hand mm-hmm. and how you move your thumb or your finger over to do things with it was all part of the overall design. And one of the reasons it's so successful is because he integrated all this sort of clever technology inside it. It's invisible to you and me because it's just a screen with little pictures on it, icons. And you know that you just sort of put your finger on one of those and then something happens miraculously. And so that's really amazing design. And that's that's really a coming together of sort of science, technology and art, in yes. my view, anyway. Well, yeah, because it's interesting when you say like, you know, when you get to A-level, it's very much like you're either doing this or that. You're either arty or you're sciencey. Like th- those are the two options. But I don't think people really clock on to how often both of those people, uh, both of those elements come in hand in hand in any situation, you know, in any company. You need the artistic people and you need the people who are good at the numbers and are good at the, the science side of things to, to make it come together like that, because it takes imagination on both sides to do that and uh, and creativity and um and calculating and to create something like the phone and also happened that you mentioned the mobile phone i think it was was it in star wars they introduced the idea of a a a mobile phone and then years later they were like we're going to make this now and that was that was out of a film it was suggested and people went i want that well actually i think yeah it's actually star trek which is tv series oh sorry star trek was well before your time um but yes i mean i've seen recently actually sort of um interviews with people working in the technology companies in california and one after the other said oh yeah when i was six i saw star trek and i thought wow we ought to do this i want to do that sort of stuff you're absolutely right and the the mobile phone was in the 1960s tv series they called it a communicator yeah but they could flip it open like a sort of um your makeup case, you know. With yeah, 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 like the old, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hold it in your hand, and then basically you could talk to anybody in the universe uh, just by sort of waving at it at someone. Yeah, I mean that's that's really very much the sort of concept. I suppose what what you're saying is actually quite interesting. If you, people invent these things in their mind by writing books, making films, TV series, yeah, and then somebody, a technology person, says, "Oh, that's a good idea. I wonder if we could do that." Well, exactly. It's it, there. There are people out there who have the imagination to think up these ideas, and there's people out there who are clever enough to actually make these ideas a reality. And and both of them should be applauded on either side. But um, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, like some people may think, for instance, a um, a film isn't as important as an inventor because the film is just make believe; it's just there for entertainment, while the inventor actually comes up with something real. But without the inventor being influenced by the film, how could that have been come to pass? You know. Right. But the other thing about films and TV programs and actually radio programs, by the way, is, of course, that they um, free your imagination to some extent while you're sitting down watching that film or that TV program. You, you absorb the whole sort of scenario, the people uh, in a good one, of course. You mm-hmm. believe the characters are real people and the, the things that are happening to them could really happen. Yep. And so you therefore sort of have a, a different way of thinking in that sense. You, When you finish that, watching that, you may think, gosh, isn't that amazing? That sort of thing could happen to someone or, oh, I'm really happy that that isn't me, <laughs> whatever the particular scenario well, is. Well, yeah. It, 
Yeah, definitely. It makes it makes you appreciate a different. It gives you a different perspective of something you may never never have considered. You know, it like um, and especially films that talk about history. Like sometimes the history films don't exactly get the facts right, but it just gives you the boost to go. I'm interested in what they've just said to me about that time of um time of history. I'm going to now go research that and find out exactly what happened. And it encourages people to broaden their horizons and think a bit more about things. Yeah, I think most historical films are very inaccurate, actually. Yes. Of course, that's because um, Hollywood likes to change things. I mean, the, the famous Robin Hood film, yeah. where all Robin Hood and his people were in the Sherwood Forest, Sherwood Forest, yep. but of course, um, they all lived in strange, elaborate tree houses, which was just amazingly weird. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like the idea, but yeah, I mean, it's a bit far-fetched. But like, you know, when they take on, for instance, like the Tudors and um, and, and around that time period and, and what they make them say and do, it's like, I don't think that would have happened back then. But OK, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you run with that. We'll let you run with that. Yeah, yo, dude, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, OK, well, of course, now I... I personally sort of grew up in the middle of the film industry and TV industry because where I was brought up in Boreham Wood, at the time they had about six film studios. And it was literally the case that, you know, from a young child, I could just walk down the road and there'd be a film crew doing something or there would be a car chase being filmed in a road that blocked off. And in those days, you didn't have to get permission for anything, as far as I know, because they seemed to just do it whenever they wanted. And so I was very much immersed in that. And, and I you know, watched them filming scenes from various films and TV programs, some of which are quite well known now, actually. Huh. And I look at that and say, oh, I was there. I remember that scene. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's so I, I'm very conscious of how much effort and involvement is in there. And of course, it's not just the actors. It's the people who paint the scenery. It's people who design the sets all around the whole thing and the outside bits. Um, watching the producer say, drive that car over there very fast, screech to halt, throw the door open, then roll out. Uh, I remember one, I can't remember what series it was, but I saw them do this. They must have done it about 17 times. Because the producer in their mind had got this vision of exactly how it should look. And it wasn't quite right every time, you know? Yeah. The detailing that goes into it is is brilliant. Well, they they still do storyboarding for um, films, actually. Although they do it sort of on on a computer these days. You know, so every scene is all kind of written out or a cartoon of the scene is made beforehand. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like, the, the, just for a simple scene for for a movie, I mean, the amount of angles they have to do, the amount of um, the, the amount of times they have to go over and over and over again just to get that perfect moment, just for, like, 10 seconds, the energy that goes into it is absolutely brilliant. I mean, and also, as you said, it's not just the actors and the director. You've got the camera crew, you've got the lighting crew, you've got the there for health and safety, makeup, costume, all of those people all together just to create this one scene for you then to watch at home in like six months time when it's out in cinema well indeed and as i said from watching them do this stuff all over the time from a quite young age um you know it was a question of they'd take over a whole road or a car park Mm. and there's any number of trucks and there's a you know a big truck draws up you think what's in that and it's basically a wardrobe with yes. hundreds of costumes in it. And then there's all the other ones with the catering, you know, sort of 10 burger vans or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite amazing. And then when you see this film costs $200 million, you think, well, I know why it costs that much because it's just so much effort. Yeah. So many people involved in every aspect of it is quite amazing. Well, that's the thing. And then, as I said before, like, you know, it may not be understood, like, why it would cost that much and why it'd be so much effort. But the point is, if that, if then you watch that film later on at home and there's something about that film that touches you or, or gets to you, and, and and gives you a, a moment of insight and a different type of world, a different type of perspective. Surely that's worth it. 
Well, yes, of course. These days, it's just there's more and more you can do with film and much more sort of, um, you know, all the special effects and things. So you can actually create things which were written in books, which had ridiculous imagination, you know, boy Mm. wizards going around waving their wand and things happening. Completely impossible to film that. Yeah, I think that's top of the list of major imagination. And the fact that kids can see that on on the screen and actually believe that actually happened. I mean, that that's brilliant. And that sparks imagination for kids. Yep. So, okay, we're talking films. I mean, I absolutely mm-hmm. buy that films, TV and so on, and we have to say radio, yes, um, are all really important in terms of arts. Mm-hmm. Some of the others, uh, making things. I mean, yes. people who make paintings, making isn't quite the right word for that, but also um, sculpture. And mm-hmm. uh, we won't mention statues at the moment because of other reasons, but obviously that's part of the art of this sort of thing, of representing people. Um, and... Um, I know that you have particular expertise yourself in making ceramics. I'm I do. I'm not sure how good you are at it. Well, I'm, I think I'm okay. As, a, as you know, my mother is a potter, so I have been brought up around many forms of arts in my life. So obviously I've been able to appreciate handmade work and how much effort goes into it, whether, I mean, not just pottery, I've seen other works like glass making and, um, and uh, working with metal and knitting and, um, and loads of other forms. And it, there is a, a real technique, a real arts and talent that goes into making these kind of things and the energy and the time. And also, I mean, for me personally, what I love about pottery specifically is it just gives you a chance to focus on something where you can build something and at the end of it you've got something to show for your hard work you know and it's and it gives you something to focus on so if you need time to detach from the world and and just to focus in on something for a couple of hours it's the perfect distraction right so obviously um exactly the sort of thing you could be doing over the past few months have you been yes. doing any pottery? I have. I have. In fact, my mother is opening her pop-up shop in Harpenden, little plug there, um, uh, next week. So we're actually getting some work ready for that. So I've been making loads of dogs recently. So I have a knack for oh, dog ooh. making. I'm not too sure why, but I'm, I've, I've attempted new ones. I've been making my pugs and poodles and everything else. So we'll see how they come out. Oh, that sounds very interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. how how large are those sort of things? Are they they're quite small? Are they sort of hand size? Uh, no, they're a bit. Oh God, I'm trying to measure with my hand in front of me right now, but you can't see me, so that's a bit silly. Um, it's about oh, about uh, I'd say about twenty centimeters tall. I'd say by the time oh, that's, they come that's out, quite big. Yeah, they're they, sort yeah. of sitting, sitting up, are they? That, I've got some sitting, some laying down, some playing. You know, di- different kind of movements on what I think those animals would look like in day to day life. Okay, that sounds good. Well, um, I'll have to see some photos of those maybe. Yes, um, Right, so that, that's what I, Now, there's also these sort of high arts, which I think are the ones which I have some difficulty with myself in terms of understanding. I mean, things like the Turner Prize. Mm-hmm. I do quite often see the reports, you know, the Turner Prize has gone to this person for their work and they've painted what to me looks like stripy wallpaper. Yeah. And I think... Um, Yes. Well, okay. It's Arctic. You've got to have made a decision. You're going to put the purple line by the yellow line followed by the green one. Um, But that doesn't really sort of get me as being anything particularly clever or um, telling me anything particular. I I don't know. I I suppose I don't understand it is what I think I'm saying. I think with art in all aspects, there's going to be favourites of people and there's going to be non-favourites. And I think with 
uh, and it comes completely down to appreciation what you've been brought up into love really now as you said with that kind of work I'm kind of with you on that where I'll look at it and go okay it's, it's all right but I'd rather go see for instance a portrait that was painted in the early 1600s of like you know Elizabeth's court I mean I find that more interesting to me than seeing a couple of lines on a board but at the same time someone may look at that and say no I'd much rather see that a modern interpretation of work than go see something old like that so I think it's completely down to your own taste right um well I think the thing is I mean something as you say like a portrait a painted one from Mm -hmm. 17th century obviously in those days they didn't have photographs so they couldn't no. take photos but what they wanted to do was represent the images of those people in the same yeah. way that these days you just point your camera and go click it's done exactly <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so that's I mean that's you can understand there's some motivation and obviously the people they were painting with presumably important people royalty and, and nobility yes. and all those sort of people well that kind they of wanted art- to preserve their image Yeah, well, exactly, because that kind of art as well, it wasn't just getting like a selfie like it is today. That was documenting. That was that was stapling a bit of history for us, because, you know, back in those days, they weren't very good at writing things down and letting us know what happened. So a lot of our knowledge in that type time of history is based on uh, the portraits and the and the art that we find. And it helps tell a story today for us to understand. Right. Now, I'm just interested, actually, I don't know if you know this, but if there's a portrait of, say, six people, Did they do a sort of, you know, a rough charcoal drawing of those six people and how they were standing, then ask one of them to stand there for, you know, six hours while they painted them. And then the next one comes in, the next one comes in and they they painted it as if they were all there at the same time when they weren't. Am I making, am I getting too complicated? I mean, I don't know how the, I think it completely depended on how rich the person was and if they really could be bothered to stand there all day to do that. I think that'd be more the question. I mean, I I mean, I've been told that some of them were so talented, they could remember roughly, they just do a quick sketch and say, right, you can go now, I can figure it out from here. But I I, I don't know, I'd have to look into that. Okay. I mean, because I remember also, um, you mentioning sort of looking at it and remembering it. There was a, a few years ago now, there was a young boy who was about eight or nine who lived in London. And he was able to memorise um, whole buildings or whole scenes in a few seconds and then paint it all. Or I think he drew it all originally. Um, and they tested him in this programme. They, they put him in a taxi and he went past the Houses of Parliament and they asked him to draw it. And he did absolutely amazing drawing with every single window and every single sort of wrinkle in the building all um, in the right place and so on and he just remembered it all in a matter of a couple of minutes mm. and I thought that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen really because I suppose it's photographic memory I suppose yeah. yes you understand the idea of photographic memory but this was real you yeah. remember every detail because that's not just photographic memory that's also then having the talent then to draw it afterwards and make it pretty much picture perfect Exactly, yeah. So it's things like that. I mean, I just go, woo, that's an amazing talent. Yeah. Um, right. So, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm with paintings. I think I, I mm-hmm. get those as well. Now, we haven't talked about music. Now, obviously, music no. is something that goes back for a long period. Yeah. Um, and I think I appreciate music of all sorts of eras. I can listen to a harpsichord music played and think that's really very interesting to listen to. And it's got a, it has a rhythm and all those sort of things, which I understand. Mm. Obviously, more modern music I've grown up as we all have with rock and rolls and rock music and all those sort of things um, some of the more modern music of course because I'm an old man I don't like things like rap very much but there you right. go right yeah 
Um, but I accept that that is obviously an art form of some kind, as or a musical art form of some kind. Yeah. Um, so I get all that, and obviously that that appeals to people, and it's the same thing we were saying earlier. I suppose it art things they sort of hit your emotions, don't they? Is that what we? I think perhaps I was trying to find a way of describing these things. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, when it comes to music for me, I mean, it's a form of entertainment. But for some of it, it is, it's a nostalgia thing, really, for me. Like, I mean, there are some pieces of music that is played and immediately I'm taken back to when I was a kid. And, um, or like, it brings back a certain memory and it's just as fresh as a a daisy, you know. It's just, I think music, I don't think there's a person in this world that could say that music doesn't get to them in some form. You know, I think everybody can agree they may not be able to agree on the type of music that everyone particularly likes, but I think everyone can agree that there is a certain genre of music that they prefer and, and they enjoy listening to. Right. Yes. I mean, obviously, I think you're right there. I can't think of anybody I've ever met who just says, I don't like music. Ever, yeah, it's like, but you, you, it's like you can't happen, not it? like music because it's, it's around us all the time. It's, it's in adverts. It's like it's in movies. It's, it's on the radio. And, and also, if we want to get as basic as listening to a bird singing outside, you know, music is around all the time. We can't, we can't avoid it. It's indented into our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we've heard a lot more bird song in the last few months. I'm sure everyone's noticed yes. that <laughs> because it's quiet and they're all creeping out from places. Yeah. Now, okay. So what we were going to say was that Obviously, art is important, is the message you wanted to get across, which suggests that you're thinking that people, some people don't think it is. And I wonder if that's in the sort of current context. We know that places like theatres that you mm-hmm. used to work in, <laughs> maybe will yeah. one day in the future, um, okay. are obviously the last in the queue to be able to be opening up in any sensible way. Mm. Um, and you still don't really know when that's going to be. So, I mean, I've heard lots of dire sort of stories that this theatre or that cinema and so on is going to close down and never open up again. Yeah. And obviously that is, that is a real worry. I mean, I know a lot of people work, work in um, local theatre and in amateur theatres, which I don't know, I don't really like to call it amateur theatre because it's just not professional, but yeah. obviously the quality of what they produce is indistinguishable to me anyway, largely. Um, and I know a lot of these people are doing the odd rehearsals. They're doing Zoom rehearsals and things like that. Um, but they're all just itching to get back to be able to actually do some performances. So I think if what you're saying is we're worried that we may lose a lot of this, I mean, I think I would certainly be worried as well. I think most people probably would. I think what worries me more is that it's not so much losing it, it's people not being worried that we're losing it. Because it seems at the moment people are having this opinion of, oh, why should we care about going to the theatre? Why Why does it matter? I mean, obviously, you know, the doctors are more important and the, the firefighters. And the, I'm like, yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not saying they're not. I'm saying they are assisting. Uh, what what they're doing is saving lives. They are heroes. And, what, and it's absolutely brilliant what they're doing. And, of course, they're very important. But, you know, for a lot of people in this world, the arts is their escape. I mean, me as a kid, I was I was not a sporty person, and that was like the thing that everyone seemed to champion. Like, I mean, along with maths and science, it was like if you're sporty, then you're great. But I was never that, and the thing for me that was my escape was the arts. And like you know, people use the arts in day to day life just to unwind. Like you know, you've had a long day at work, you come home, you may not watch TV or watch a film or listen to the radio, but you're definitely going to read a book. You're definitely going to play a video game. That's all under the arts, and. And for people to be so willing to say, oh, well, it's fine if that theatre sh- shuts down, if that cinema goes, whatever. It's like, no, but you're, you're taking away part of our culture. You're taking away 
what part of what it is to be human in modern day we need these things to function it may not seem like it but the moment it's gone people are going to realize that actually we do really need that and just because you're not a theater goer doesn't necessarily mean that the theater doesn't influence you in day-to-day life no i get that and i think i was just trying to think of an analogy and i suppose it's saying well why should i go to restaurants or cafes when i can get all the food i want from tesco well, exactly. I mean, yes, you can. But, but even even that, I mean, you can still go home and make it yourself. But like, you know, any I mean, the arts influences in so many ways gives us our imagination. I mean, reading books as a kid, like, you know, me, for me, it was like Roald Dahl and Jacqueline Wilson and and, and all them lot. And like they, they opened my eyes to a different universe, a different world and a different perspective, which then made me to be the person I am today. I just I think it just frustrates me for people who are like scientific who you know work in business and and look at the arts and think oh you know and I'm not saying everybody's like that of course there are loads of people out there who appreciate it but for those who don't when they think that it doesn't affect their lives it definitely does the arts is, is there all the time and there's no way you can escape it because it is a part of your world and to think it isn't that's that's kind of um ignorant I think well as you as we said earlier I mean if you just look around you everything that's car driving up the road the building around the corner they didn't just appear by note from nowhere i mean they were designed by somebody mm-hmm. and the design process is a very long and complicated thing which includes um what it looks like as well as how it is used and how it works yes and i think that's that's where that would be something we really wouldn't lose or wouldn't want to lose as well no exactly i mean uh, obviously these things were built by uh, very clever men who were able to build it and put it together and there was there was builders involved and there was um and and there was loads of different people who needed the degrees and the and the lessons and all that to learn that but you also needed someone with the spark of imagination to put that together and think this is what we're going to create and this is what we can do and those kind of people are created by enjoying the arts yeah yeah okay well you sold it to me but then you didn't have to really because i don't really agree with you (laughs) um but um i think it is an issue that um, it isn't being perhaps taken as seriously as it could because it's really a very difficult thing to do in the current context because obviously when you go to a cinema or something you, you're going to sit in a row of seats or you want to yes um, and uh, this sort of social distance thing is what really kills it I suppose isn't it yeah I mean I mean yeah I mean in respect to that it's going to be tricky to get back to that but I think if we could support them in so many ways I mean at the moment for instance the theatres they're doing um live shows for you to tune in and watch and um and uh and, and that's and, and then you can donate some money to help with them with that I mean there's, there's loads of different areas but obviously I'm I'm just speaking from theatre side now when we were some I'm forgetting the rest of the arts there's like literature I mean of course the writers will be able to keep writing and, and posting their books out so I think with the uh, with our current situation under the arts umbrella there's going to be people who can carry on working like people who working uh video games and people who work uh, uh with literary and um and painting they can all do that from home and they can still keep going but for those who for theatre that completely depends on live audiences to come and watch them that's where they're going to struggle right because also you didn't mention music there of course a lot of um, musicians have been sort of twiddling around a bit but they've also been writing new songs performing them and so on and they are able to do that and there's there's fantastic things like the the bbc orchestra which um has been making sort of uh, special performances with all the parts done individually in their homes then all edited together by somebody very clever (laughs) yeah um so these things happen but of course that's all just to keep themselves occupied rather than really to make a living and people who do make a living from the arts yeah. are going to be in a real 
bad way, I think, aren't they? They are. But I think also as well, what people are doing at the moment, putting live videos out, like you just said, I think also as well, they're trying to keep people going and trying to give someone, you know, something to brighten their day because a lot of people are stuck in all day, bored out of their mind. And, you know, and watching that is something that's just going to give them a bit of a release, a bit of a moment just to switch off and enjoy something, you know, without having to think about other things at the moment. Oh, I'm being cynical, but I think a lot of um, well-known actors and singers are really just thinking, oh, my goodness, they're all going to forget me unless I keep doing something and keep appearing on the TV or something. (laughs) (laughs) Might be a little bit of that, but... (laughs) Anyway, Chloe, I think we've we've run out of time now. So Mm -hmm. um, thank you very much for your um, uh, contribution as ever. Thank you. I think you've made your point very well and very eloquently. So I'm sure anyone listening will absolutely be clear that the arts are really important. And when they get the opportunity, they should go out and support the local theatre, the local cinema and all the other people uh, who've been basically stuck, unable to do what they do best. Yeah. And of course, keep listening to music, keep buying art, keep going to the museums, keep looking at buildings, do all of it. Everything under the arts, just keep supporting it. And if someone's in Harpens, and is it it's next week, which is next the week date, for exactly? two weeks? Yes, it's from the sixth of July for two weeks. We're at the Harpens and Pop Up Shop next to the Fish and Chip Shop on the High Street. So if anyone would like to come and see uh, handcrafted work, uh, we are there for two weeks. So come and pop in. Right. Okay. Well, that's a good idea. Thank you very much for that. And um, thank you. We'll we'll talk to you again shortly. I'm sure in uh, another subject, perhaps. Um, I don't know what we'll get to next time. We've got, we've got a whole list of subjects we've discussed, so we, we can work yes. our way through those in the next few weeks. Brilliant. Right, thank you very much, Chloe. All okay. right, thanks. And thank you for listening to this Generation Gap Show um, podcast from Radio Verulam. And you can find many more of these on radioverulam.com. And uh, please go and take a look and see what you can uh, find there.